passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting. The eighteen that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Hello everybody, it is John Pollock and Waiting. Welcome to Rewind to Raw live here at youtube.com slash postwrestling. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, what are you doing? Give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and then you are truly a member of the post community. Hello, Way. Hey, John. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, we have lots to uh, discuss tonight. Um, you know, some uh, obviously a, a down note uh, that we will be starting off with. But before we get to that, uh, how was your birthday? Uh, you know, it's pretty low key, honestly. You know, t- tonight's more of a work night. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, I-, I had a great day. Uh, either way, I mean, I think my real celebration is tomorrow night when I'm going to sit down and watch the Bachelor finale. Oh, I thought you were going to say Ms. TV, a special NXT edition of Ms. TV. Uh, that might be a Wednesday. Uh, could be. Well, okay. What what's going on 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 the Bachelor? Are we down to any significance? I, I don't want any spoilers, John. I'm I'm even afraid of mentioning because I know some, I, I have, somebody's going to spoil it for me. It's a, it's a two night finale, John. It was tonight. Is, it's tonight and oh, tomorrow. Oh, okay. you know, the ratings are going to definitely reflect it. Um, t- tomorrow, I'm sure. Okay. But uh, it's it's a two parter, and it's said to be the craziest Bachelor finale ever. One hour each night. Two hours each night. Four hours of Bachelor. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Okay. Well, I will say no more because um, I clearly had it on picture in picture the whole night and was following. <laughs> no, it's not you. It's it's like whatever. I, I no, I understand. Be. I understand. I, it's I that important to me, John. Like it's <laughs> like I, I have my whole evening planned. All right. Well, uh, all the be- all the best to you with that. You know what I'm watching right now is that new show Winning Time on HBO. Are you familiar with this? It's I'm the, not at all. What is that? So about? Th- this is based off of. Uh, well, it was adapted from Jeff Perlman's book. Uh, Showtime uh, that he put out many years ago on the L.A. Lakers of the pretty much of of the 80s. So they have this is what um, you're familiar, obviously, with Adam McKay. He is, Mm -hmm. you know, this the superstar of uh, scripted television at the moment. So this his partner was Will Ferrell and Will Ferrell wanted to play the role of Jerry West on the or sorry of Jerry Buss on on the show. And it ended up where Adam McKay cast John C. Riley in the role, and somehow the communication was not very clear about all of this, that he mm. bypassed his partner to cast John C. Riley, which I think was the better casting choice, to be perfectly honest. But it has just been an irreparable rift now between the two. Like this major Hollywood breakup of like these, you know, two huge figures, and it was over 
over this casting. But uh, two, I caught up on it over the weekend. I watched the season premiere, which was last weekend, and then the new one on Sunday night. It's it's a pretty great series. Uh, and it's about the Lakers of what era? The like like we're into the uh, like late seventies into the eighties. It's right when Magic Johnson gets drafted. Okay, interesting. So okay. it's 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 like a semi like you know it's they're taking some creative license, obviously, but it's it's not a documentary. It's like it's a scripted series. Okay, I will add that to the list. You don't have to watch it. I mean, no, I will. Uh, it's it sounds actually okay. really interesting, and, and I, I now that you mentioned it, I have heard, heard people talk about it. So. Because Jeff Perlman uh, wrote another book about like the Lakers of the '90s, like the Shaq Kobe years, mm-hmm. and and that I have read, but I did not read this book. So this one I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to watch the series first and then read the book. Okay, cool. Well, let, let, you could spoil that one away. I I I don't have so such a vested interest in that. The Lakers did well. All right, uh, let's let's get into wrestling news. Obviously, the uh, the major headline uh, tonight. Uh, sadly, this was um, what I think everyone was uh, realizing would be the conclusion here, and that was the passing of Scott Hall earlier today at the age of sixty three. When we last spoke to you earlier today during the post daily news show, uh, he was he was being taken off of life support apparently right around noon Eastern time, and as of the afternoon, he was he was his heart was still beating. And it was at the start of Raw that the confirmation was passed along. They put up the graphic right at 8 p.m. Uh, I don't know when WWE was was made aware of it, but um, you know you had Sean Waltman just moments after that uh, confirmed that that he had died. And you know, sadly, Wade, like we knew where this was going. It's it's tragic, regardless. And um, for those just catching up on the circumstances, he had had hip surgery last week, and then uh, a blood clot got loose, and over the weekend had. Three heart attacks, which put him on life support, and then hearing the news uh, through Kevin Nash that they were taking him off of life support. So, sixty-three years of age, and uh, what did you think? Just about you know, they probably had that video package put together today. I would assume they reserved mm-hmm. that for the third hour, and really, um, in terms of like if you were watching for it, like certainly uh, Kevin Owens had had a pair of lines on, on the show. He started it off with a "Hey yo." And then later in the back about semi-altering the uh, tough guys line that he used there. And then we saw Damian Priest also. He, he's been using the razor's edge, uh, but using that and then noting that online afterwards. So a few mm-hmm. tributes uh, from guys along with the video in the third hour. Yeah, I mean, Corey Graves in introducing the video in particular I mean, very clearly got very emotional, was very choked up, as I'm sure many people in the back were. You know, he is somebody who I think is very much tied to uh, the fabric of this company and the fabric of um, modern and, professional wrestling. And, and was very much involved, you know, at different points, like coming in as a guest coach to the Performance Center. So very much mm-hmm. with like, you know, this current crop of talent like like Omos and others that uh, got, to, got to work with him even in a limited basis. And, and beyond that, I mean, you know, many of the people of that era grew up watching Scott Hall. Tons. Um, people, people that are similar age to you or, you or I, you know. Um, who, who were maybe not necessarily like who would have been fans maybe during the Hogan era, but for me, like, you know, really kind of coming of age and becoming our, our wrestling fan during the new generation era. And of course, you know, throughout the, the NWO era and, and, and just into the Monday night, nights war, night, night wars era of which he was such a integral character to, to all of it. I mean, for me, like, I remember being eight years old and having, you know, my friends say, if something happened to this gold, something going to happen to you. You know, like that, that character to me was so incredibly iconic that, um, 
uh, even at that age, like he was, he became a favorite and I believe he was still a heel at the time. So, I mean, they, they did, you know, consistently mentioned throughout the video that he was like, he made, like it was the, the line that, that they seemed to have was, uh, for, for whatever video package that they were using, probably for the hall of fame. Um, it was something to the effect of like, you know, he made it cool to be a bad guy. And I mean, it's very true. Like, I, I think he, he is an early example of a pro wrestling anti-hero who I think became so popular as a villain that, I mean, it was very easy to turn him into a, a, a baby face without changing too much of his personality. I think so. And I think some of that would extend to Scott Hall. Like, this is someone, I, I think it's always tricky when, when someone passes away and there's the desire to, of course, look at, um, all of the positive influence and you're viewing it through the, the prism of, for many people, fans that watched him as a child, uh, growing up and saw all that, that he went through. Like there, you know, th- there are plenty of bad stories involving Scott Hall and other wrestlers that, I mean, he was a real difficult person, uh, to, to work with. Uh, but when you look at that, like here is someone that I think for all of it, you, you look at somebody that you hope that they, we're able to to grow to you try to understand like what is the foundation that that led to this and i think that that documentary that e60 piece helped give that foundation and i think like that's always something important um to look at you know what why is why are these set of circumstances the way they are for for, for some people and it's it's not sometimes just ch- chasing a high sometimes it, it's it's trying to get away from something uh, on top of it. And this is not to, you know, just uh, to overlook um, l- lots of stuff. Like you can, you can look at good and the bad that that is what comes with, with any uh, c- kind of personality and kind of, you know, this idea of good guy, bad guy. That's uh, it's often very, very simplistic, but I think it's someone that you can see a lot of stories emerging today of just things he did I- in private that were just to help people out that, a camera was not on and a spotlight was not on him. And you're, you're naturally going to gravitate more towards those, those kinds of stories that you want to remember someone for and realize like life is a, life is a struggle. And this is one, this is a guy that had an enormous one um, from a very young age, right until the end. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, a man who seemed to live a far from perfect life, but uh, I, I, you know, what does a closing chapter look like? And I, th- I think by all accounts, you know, he, he, the last few years of his life, he seemed to live, you know, very, in, in a very, I think, noble in, in a way, completely honest about his faults, you know, and at least, you know, in terms of, um, uh, his sobriety he seemed to overcome a lot of those obstacles. Yeah. I think that another theme that really comes out is it was, it was summarized well by, by Kevin Nash in that video package tonight is that you can't teach someone had to be cool. And Scott Hall was cool. And mm-hmm. I think that really resonated with, with fans, whether it was, you know, for, for most it's, you know, may, maybe you saw him, you know, sparingly as the, the diamond stud in WCW or some of his pre WWF work. But for a lot, I would imagine the entry point was the Razor Ramon character mm-hmm. and then taking and building upon that as simply Scott Hall in WCW, where he reached even greater heights uh, this was just a very cool character at a time when professional wrestling itself was exceptionally cool. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, universally loved, you know, I, I don't think it matters what age, as I mentioned, we were eight years old on the playground, like, and he was among our favorites, if not our fa- our very favorite, uh, and it became a fan favorite almost right away. Um, just, you know, the, like, what is it? Nash, what was it? Triple H, it was in the video package said how it was that character that, you know, 
was the dynamite that unlocked all that was within him. And I, I've seen a little bit of the diamond stud work. I've, I've certainly seen him, his, his verse of the wrestle rock rumble. And, um, it's a far cry from, I think the coolness of, uh, what he would end up finding with uh, razor Ramon. Maybe you can't teach cool, but you, you can't grow <laughs> into it. Um, that, yeah. that, that is certainly true, but I mean, just a lot of little things that he was able to incorporate, whether it was just like, the surfer walk or the toothpick or mm-hmm. just picking up on, on little elements of like, you could, the, like all those little things that just became the, these trademarks of him and identifying st- uh, stuff. Like he seemed to have like a good grasp on, on what was cool to the audience as well. Even if he was kind of getting away from, from that demographic age wise to try uh, like, like Benno posted it today and he really sum- summarized it right. Like, show me a cooler entrance than this with like scott hall's fuji's entrance at uh, one of the ecw appearances uh he came he came out to i mean he he was that guy that just when you talk about a guy that had a star presence that was really his his calling card like was he the greatest wrestler in the world no he had some you know notable matches but this guy was a personality first and foremost that had a, a strong strong star presence and that and that t- takes you very far in this industry absolutely yeah I, I mean there's been a lot of discussion today of course about how he might be among you know um the most the people with the most impact in our industry who has never won a world championship um and i think that really says a whole lot the fact that a, a guy like him became a bigger star than many 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 wrestlers who did win win championships i think kind of tells you all there is to know about i I just you know what how big of a personality he was um how bold of a of a i don't know a performer he he was um maybe behind the scenes and uh you know how how effective he was ultimately at at you know creating a at creating a big star among himself and, and and stars among others too you know like i mean to me one of the the big moments of his career is losing to the one two three kid on that edition of monday night raw that i mean to me was really the first significant moment of monday night raw and of course you know made sean waltman's career i i think that i, I kind of wrote about that today like that to me really did put a big exclamation mark on monday night raw that here's mm-hmm. a show where Big things happen. Um, that was like right before they did, um, the Michaels Genetti title change. But to me, it was like that, that win, like it propelled Sean Waltman. It was, uh, a significant happening, uh, for Raw. And it really did usher in the, the slow transition from Scott Hall into a baby face. Like he still went into the King of the Ring that year with, with Brett as, as a heel. Uh, but then, you know, by, by the fall, he's intercontinental champion. It sets up the match with, with Shawn Michaels. And you had like a really solid baby face star in, in Scott Hall that, that he ran with up until leaving the company in, in 96. And, I mean, to, to me, it's going to be like that, that WCW period from 96 to 2000. That is, is going to be really the apex of what people are going to look at when him and Nash were instrumental in coming in. It was that first two hour nitro that he showed up on, on Memorial Day and, you know, you know, an integral part to, to the, the NWO when it was at its strongest and somebody that honestly, um, you, you could, you're coupling all that while he's having all of these problems and, and having all of these issues outside of the ring. And, you know, a big star like that, you're, you're going to get leeway for that. And he did. Um, you know, they, they had that, that awful decision to, to incorporate that into, uh, that 
feud with, with Kevin Nash, which was just, it, it was terrible. But when you mm-hmm. go back, like here by 99, the guy is, you know, he's 40 years old, uh, when 1999 begins. Like th- he should have had huge years going into his 40s. And, you know, it, it was just marred by so many problems, um, from, WCW, he was gone by early 2000, and then you know he has the New Japan stint, and then back to WWE in 2002, and they were just all marred by by problems outside of the ring. That you know his career could have been that much more, but that is the 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 complicated nature of of a, of a Scott Hall. And I think that mm-hmm. you're right; he got to a point where I think people got to, see, especially if you ever saw like whether it be the E60 documentary or just the footage at the time that emerged of that independent show in Massachusetts, where it's one of the most frightening things mm. I have seen where it's just, there is, he is there in body only. Like there is no life in this person as he is being trotted out. It was one of the most just deplorable things that th- this was a guy that was just, um, you can't even describe it to see that, that low and that, Several years later, he's coherent and he is speaking at on a on a stage like mm-hmm. at the Hall of Fame. I remember us being at, at Wally Mania one one year, just being in the back, and he's just you know calm, holding conversations with people, and just you know from you know not not knowing the guy seemed to be in a in a significantly uh, better better place at, at that point, and people at least got to see that and see him on you know some of these WWE specials and the cameos where he just seemed to be in, in a lot better state than than where he had descended to. Yeah, and of course, you know, much much of that being credited to uh, the work of, of Diamond Dallas Page and you know Jake Roberts, you know, being such a positive influences in his life towards the end and. At least, you know, as a fan, I'm really glad to see we we got to. I'm really glad we got to see that final chapter um, of his life and and how he, you know, seemed to just only have positive, you know, stories coming out of him. You know, between that and the Hall of Fame induction and just any sort of appearance he would have, it just seemed like he was in great spirits and very much alive and very conscious and very aware of his mistakes. And I I think you know, um, for the longest time he his life and i think it will continue to be you know it'll serve as a cautionary tale for any new wrestler entering into the business any new wrestler that's currently in the business of of how not to handle the early part of it and um you know uh for those of you for the for people who who might unfortunately find themselves under a similar path i mean i i think shows that even if you're somebody who was as broken down as scott hall there is a path to redemption i i think so like that's you know a really significant lesson that that you should take um and that's that's not to say like there are there are some infractions people cannot come come back from but uh, the idea that someone is irredeemable like that 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 can be very daunting um to, to look at just as a society that someone cannot um rehabilitate themselves and and be and be welcomed back and 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 be treated as someone that that can come back from you know a lot of lows with which this man experienced and kept a lot of it inside out of his like inner circle um in in relation to just the the trauma that he experienced at, at a young age as well so uh, there's probably a lot more to speak about with Scott Hall I imagine there's going to be many stories uh, in the days to come from those w- that were around him um I'm really curious to hear, like, if, um, you know, th- those closest to him are going to, you know, speak at, at any length, whether it be, 
uh, a Kevin Nash or a Paul Levesque or a Shawn Michaels beyond just um, the the brief comments that that we have seen uh, emerging. But it's mm-hmm. um, it just any kind of presence among like I, I look at uh, WrestleMania weekend and especially like that Shawn Waltman, Joey Janela match. Um, yeah. Like I can certainly see that being kind of, um, you know, at least some kind of tribute to uh, Scott Hall, if not uh, other mentions uh, th- throughout the weekend. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, all all members of of um, the clique are still in some way, you know, um, active or semi-active in the business. Of course, of course, Triple H is, is currently out, but, you know, Sean is still very much attached to NXT. Um, and, and again, you know, he's a name that that is very much tied to the WWE um, so I, I, I imagine the tributes in ring or out of the ring will continue to pour in. All right. Uh, we're going to, uh, move on to Raw shortly, but, um, I, I, I failed to mention this on Monday, but we're going to be trying out a, a new format for Ask Away on Tuesday. So mm-hmm. we're going to be doing the post daily news show at our usual time of 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we're going to wrap up that show. And then we're going to come back at 2 p.m. Eastern time for our double-double ice cap and espresso members of the Post Wrestling Cafe. So Way and I are going to be recording our usual Ask Away mailbag show where we take your questions from the Post Wrestling Forum. And if you are a double-double ice cap or espresso member, you'll have the Zoom link to log in and you can listen and watch the show uh, live as we record it. If not, it'll be up uh, and available in podcast form for all members of the post wrestling cafe. But it's a perk that we're throwing out there for our double, double ice cap and espresso tiers. And we'll take live questions as well. That is right. So, uh, we'll be doing that at 2 p.m. Eastern time after the post daily news show. So trying that out and the whole schedule is up at postwrestling.com. We have, uh, Ask Away on Tuesday as well. Up next will be live at 10.15 Eastern on Tuesday night, which is uh, 3.15 a.m. Davey Portman time. And hmm. they'll be reviewing Miz TV. Who would have thought a year ago that NXT would be built around a Miz TV segment with Dolph Ziggler? Uh, I certainly did not, you know, but um, it's a different NXT right now. But yeah, of course, over the past weekend, we released an edition of WrestleNomics with Brandon Thurston and Chris Gullo talking about the release of WWE 2K22 and also the latest edition of the long and winding Royal Road. And this will be a great time to remind people or to tell people, for those of you who uh, are not yet aware, that we have a new shirt up at store.postwrestling.com. It is a redesign of the long and winding Royal Road t-shirt and for this month until March 31st, 30% of the profits from the sale of this particular t-shirt will be sent to the Japanese Red Cross Society in honor of the 11-year anniversary of the Great East Japan Earthquake and Tsunami. Uh, and also post-wrestling will match the donation, whatever that shirt makes. Uh, will be We will match the donation to be sent to Doctors Without Borders in support of their ongoing efforts during the Ukraine humanitarian crisis. So it's a great shirt. Uh, Store.postwrestling.com to help some great causes. All right. And um, let's get into Raw. Monday night from Jacksonville, Florida. And all eyes were on Cody Rhodes. Would he show up at Raw? Spoiler, he didn't. Nope. Were, you can turn the podcast now uh, off now, everybody. He did oh, not show damn up. damn it. I thought for sure <laughs> they would do it. So... um uh, Dave Meltzer re- reported earlier today on uh, on his site that um, that Cody was still listed for WrestleMania as of Friday. 
Uh, so that is what, what he had reported. Um, from my understanding, from what, what I had heard over the weekend and today, that sounds like that is, that is the plan with, with Cody Rhodes for WrestleMania. Uh, coming out of tonight, obviously, Seth Rollins is without an opponent. Um, that is the person that makes the only sense, I would say, for, for Cody Rhodes if he's going to be at WrestleMania. Could you see any other viable scenario way? They could, I mean, they could have Omos, you know, they could have anybody, but I mean, I think Rollins seems to be primed for some sort of significant role at WrestleMania. And I mean, this would make a lot of sense. Yeah. So if, if that is your, your direction and we're under the impression it is, would there be like, how would you want to promote it? Would you, would you <laughs> announce it in advance? Would you do this story with Rollins going right up to the show that he is not booked at WrestleMania? What is the optimal way uh, if you are getting to Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania? Is that something that is big enough that you should be promoting it in advance? Oh, man. Well, I mean, we've seen with CM Punk, you know, the evidence that you don't necessarily there, have there's to a way to do say. it with There's a way to do it without announcing him. But like ultimately for me, it would be like you want to capitalize on this. So I think you yeah. would want it to be done in such a way that you know he's – there has been no – I mean, if you're listening closely, there's the odd, like, uh, allusion to Cody in some of the language. But, I mean, it's hardly been thrown out there if you're just your WWE consumer that they are leading – they are not leading you in that direction, I would say, from watching the TV. No, in fact, I, I mean, I think they were leading at least me to think that he would make an appearance by the end of the show. And when the show went off air and he did not – I think what you're ultimately left with is, you know, a lot of people in the audience feeling um, uh, disappointed, you know, at least. But, hey, WrestleMania is not for a couple weeks. And in that time, as long as they manage to, you know, build that expectation strong enough for that first night of WrestleMania or the second night of WrestleMania, I I think it, it'll still be successful. But, of course, like if you have the guy, if you know he's coming – to use it to peak your ratings would uh, make the most sense, would it not? To continue to, you know, dominate the conversation in the weeks leading up to it. That would make the most sense, wouldn't it? I, I think so. Like, I, I think, like, it's it's kind of like, it, we'll see, like, the proof will be in the pudding of, at the same time, like, do they look at Cody Rhodes as someone that's enough of a mover that, you know, we should we sh we should not just be leaving this as a surprise. This is someone that could move some tickets for us that is worth announcing in advance if we if we have him and and that's another big if like has pen been put to paper uh that i cannot say a hundred percent and you're not going to tease something that you don't have uh completely locked in and as we have seen uh with other programs like what what might be the plan today could very well change tomorrow so the fact is though they're not setting up Rollins in another direction. It's not like they shot an angle tonight to go a different direction. So I think that is going to only enhance speculation that uh all roads will lead to Cody. Yeah, we sh we shall see, dude. Um I mean, it's do you think next week like what do you think think happens next week? I think they're going to continue this with Rollins that he is shut out of WrestleMania cuz I think if you were going to announced the match tonight was the night to shoot that angle hmm okay well again we'll see again things could like even if that's the idea though it's like they're looking at the how many see how many tickets still need to be sold and they may look at it hey we've announced austin we've announced this and that 
we need we need something else as a big shot. Let's let's go out and we'll we'll shoot this big angle with, with Cody. Like they could very well just come up with, with that idea at the same time. It's like how how important it is is it to move these remaining tickets and create the most amount of buzz for the show. Like that's that's what right. they're trying to peak for in three well, weeks. Realistically, how much do you think Cody means to to a live audience? I I think if you it's hard to say. I think he would mean something, but I think you would have to go all in and really make this almost like like a guy coming in as like your outsider invading, mm-hmm. to borrow from uh, a Scott Hall theme. Uh, and I, I don't sense like that is the direction that that they would be going because it's just so counter to how they have done this kind of thing in the past. But I think that would be the most effective use of a Cody rather than him just coming in and he's another guy instantly. But uh, to answer your question, I think he could mean something. I don't think he's moving 15,000 tickets, but to mean something with with a spark for WrestleMania, like I'm, I'm watching tonight's show and like, there's no Austin on this show. The main program, the main stars for WrestleMania are on SmackDown at the moment. Like this is a show that we're literally having two guys all show fight around. Who's going to host a talk show. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. At this point, um, I yeah, I I I can only speculate that maybe they didn't push it as hard. I mean, because they don't have pen to paper yet, and that's a possibility. That's totally a possibility, and I would not fault them then. Like, if you do not have pen to paper, you cannot tease something that's um that that has not um at least that you can guarantee uh, at the moment. So mm. we still have question marks, but. Uh, let's get into the show. It started off with the Scott Hall graphic at the beginning, and this was probably, you know, the the breaking news to uh, most people of mm-hmm. his passing. And Kevin Owens uh, then came out to start the show with a hey yo, and then got into his promo that he is the happiest Canadian in the world. Is he happier than you today? Uh, you know, he's he's got to be pretty happy to be happier than me today. Yeah. Well, he's going to WrestleMania and calls it the main event. The KO show, the main event of WrestleMania. And he used his superior Canadian intellect to issue a challenge, knowing that Steve Austin couldn't turn it down. The crowd starts chanting USA. And the only can that will be opened is a nice can of Canadian beer. And I don't even like beer, but I'm going to make an exception that night to celebrate after I beat the hell out of Austin. And that's the bottom line, because KO said so before stunning the cameraman inside the ring. That cameraman took... Quite the stunner bump, you know. He did the whole flip and everything. Uh, it's quite impressive, whoever that cameraman was. So I, I had someone message me who said the cameraman looked like Bruce Pritchard's son, who was used in that Money in the Bank um, when they were fighting in the towers. But I couldn't get a good enough look at him to. Uh, I have at, no idea what Bruce Pritchard's son looks like. I, I don't either. Um, even though I, I did, he, 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 he did have a cameo in that, uh, that headquarters. Uh, Money in the bank that mm. uh, that pandemic year, but um, anyway, okay. that's well, I, I saw a great little audition for, for the guy. This is probably <laughs> a uh, a fill in camera operator. I don't know if uh they 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 used the legit camera guy for this. I I don't know if the crossover between people who can work a camera up close and also sell a stunner like that is is very high. So, uh, that's a good bet. I you know Owens is is really playing this one like a very cartoonish heel. You know, it's like it's a very kind of one note type of I hate Texas. I'm from Canada. Canada's great. Can it go Canadian it's easy beer? Everyone hates Canadians it's, that are not in Canada and uh, especially Texans will. I mean, sure. 
I mean, or just anybody outside of t- anybody who doesn't like Texas and thinks that, you know, wherever they're from is superior. And, you know, Owens, of course, does a great job. But I mean, it, it's certainly not not a very <laughs> complex storyline that they're trying to work here. You know, it's like they're they're setting up for Owens to get stunned and maybe a bit more. What's the old saying? No one ever went broke underestimating the taste of the public. Is that a saying? Is yeah. that an actual saying? Yeah, wow. That's, that's definitely that's a saying. Multiple. Um, but hey, man, come on. There are great beers in Canada. You know, the people who it, it's we're more than Molson Canadian or Labatt Blue, everybody. We got some great micro microbreweries around here. Yeah, I, I think so. You could you could explore. So Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. Austin Theory comes out and joined commentary. And uh, Balor attacked with a running drop kick on the floor. This is where Priest hit the razor's edge to Balor on the desk. Uh, Chokeslam gets countered into a double stomp, and then Balor does his comeback. Sets up for the coup de grace. When Theory gets up to distract, Balor hits an insiguri to Damian Priest and then goes after Theory with a running drop kick. Rolls into the ring, rolls right into the reckoning, and Damian Priest wins. And then for the double whammy, Theory comes in and lays out Finn Balor with the ATL. I don't know what was going on here with Austin Theory. I mean, I, I'm guessing he just needs a bit of time, Phil. Like, because Mac, McAfee's not going to be on Raw. Um, so maybe he's just going to face Balor again. Maybe, maybe Theory could just be on SmackDown for this run-up. Well, what I thought was like, I mean, I thought him auditioning to, to do the commentary tonight was like him getting ready to take over that role on SmackDown. Okay, that because... would not be good. This this guy <laughs> does not need to be on commentary for more than three minutes. It's true. It's true. I thought he could have been a bit more vocal. You know, I know the gimmick is not he's supposed to he's not supposed to be a good commentator, but, you know, at least to kind of take the piss a, a little bit more by being a bit more vocal. I wonder if they'll they'll keep that up a little. Well, they got to do something with like Pat McAfee um, and his repercussions from uh, last Friday, which they've not followed up on yet. So, yeah, that, uh, like that could be the heel shtick is that Austin Theory gets put on commentary. And that's that's the heat. We we get dreadful commentary for two and, hours. And Vince can coach him on how to be a great play by play commentator. Yes. Maybe we could have Vince in his ear and that that channel is open <laughs> yeah. for us. So it's just Austin Theory solo with Vince McMahon yelling in his ear that we can hear at home. That is perfect. Yes. Seth Rollins is interviewed by Kevin Patrick and Kevin Patrick asks him if he's still going to be part of WrestleMania. And the, there were a chance of Cody here. Um, and he just glared at Kevin Patrick. Omos versus Commander Aziz. The match we've been waiting for. We've been waiting years for this since Raw Underground. If you said to yourself, Commander Aziz, Baba Tunde, and Omos, their first match, long collar and elbow tie-up, you would have been right on the money for how this began. (laughs) What do you think they're learning at the PC? um, Collar and elbow tie-ups for like a minute. Uh, Omos shoulder blocks him to the floor, clotheslines him to the floor, Cruz distracts, Aziz snaps the neck on the top rope, and then Omos just gets him up on a counter for a vertical suplex and a tree slam to pin the guy in two minutes. Yeah, I mean, the vertical suplex, you know, like, looked pretty risky for, for a time there. I mean, I, I don't know if he was actually going get, to get him up there, but, I mean, because I think he struggled a bit, it actually kind of made the feet look, look that much more impressive. And I think his big roar afterwards, Omos's, was really good. I mean, listen, everybody, the wrestling here is nothing. It's it's not going to be a technical masterpiece. It's nothing special. 
But their size is special, and I think the the feats of strength did come across as special. Yeah, I thought the match was light and entertaining, and I think it achieved what it needed to. You know, needed to give Omos a big, impressive, you know, feat of strength. That's it. It it achieved that this will not be a singles match at WrestleMania, and that these guys can be in in the Battle Royal, and uh, and Omos is... This and is and the Omos right is the one that is like like Commander Aziz like is was just you know a stepping stone here like it was mm-hmm. not as though they're they're building this guy up like he was just the the giant for Omos to crush. Yeah, I mean Omos really is obviously the bigger project. I I mean Aziz has had a lot of time on the roster, and I don't know how much improvement he's really shown in in limited role that we've seen him in. So I don't know what they have it's really been a planned year. for him. Dude, it's been a year of this gimmick since he was introduced at WrestleMania last year. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't know in the back, like how, how great he's, he's been looking, but, uh, certainly the gimmick is, is going nowhere, you know, with, with Apollo Cruz and Omos. I think it at least has a spark. And then he chokeslammed Cruz for good measure afterward. Owens finds Rollins, and this is where he notes tough guys, or tough times don't last, but tough guys do. And says that Rollins just needs to come up with something. You're a visionary. And he lists off past moments for Rollins at Mania, beating Triple H, beating Lesnar, cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase, losing to me. Uh, let's build something. You're the architect. And with that, Rollins smiled and walked off, realizing, yes, I am the architect and the visionary. Two great traits. He's got a lot of nicknames. Okay. Yes. Yeah. He's a messiah, too. So mm-hmm. he could uh, he could um, perform a, a lot miracle. of degrees. Sounds like he, did he go to school for all the all these things? Maybe if he's a miracle worker, uh, he could hmm. choose Omos for WrestleMania. He could. Steal the show. Uh, he, uh, that would be a tough task, but he could. Queen Zelina with Carmella took on Liv Morgan. Uh, the inset promo, uh, Zelina accuses Carmella of being distracted ever since starting your risque reality show. Yeah, that's what they're branding this show as now. The risque reality show. Yes. Like they're 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 so lacking in a hook for this terrible reality TV series. They're trying to somehow push it as like what softcore porn on YouTube, <laughs> like the the cleanest social media service of all. Yeah, I mean, Carmella's kind of downplayed like the uh, the post WrestleMania celebration with Corey Graves. I thought they were going in that direction. Would it be on YouTube or TV? No, no, they'd have to find a different uh, platform, probably. Like Daily Motion, maybe. <laughs> maybe. So, uh, yeah, we had a match here. Uh, Morgan rolled Zelina around the ring, and then Carmella distracts, allowing Zelina to powerbomb her out of the corner. Ripley then chases Carmella, who hides behind Corey Graves, and Liv capitalizes with Oblivion and wins in 256. So the champions lose yet again, and Zelina's upset with Carmella. Uh, because she continues to be distracted by Corey being ringside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have a, a storyline where a, a person who is a champion on this roster, this very esteemed roster, can't help but be distracted by her lover that's sitting ringside. Um, and that's preventing her tag team partner from achieving any sort of uh, success. It's, it's, it's terrible promotion for a tag team division. It's terrible promotion for a WrestleMania match. And it's terrible promotion for that reality show because I can't imagine anybody wanting to to watch any of this. That's you can get a whole series of this. <laughs> oh God, terrible! Uh, they promoted Miz TV for Tuesday night with Dolph Ziggler on NXT. 
And Seth comes out and he's got a plan for WrestleMania. He wants Kevin Owens to come out so he can hear his idea. He's pitching a talk show for WrestleMania. Everyone should have talk shows. He could call it, I am not making these up, freaking speaking. Or he could bring back the Rollins report. And his guest could be Steve Austin. Dude, freaking speaking. Freaking speaking with Seth freaking Rollins. I mean, that's that's almost too so bad that, I mean, he has to use it. Oh my yes. god! Maybe maybe uh, Doc Gallows could come back, and you could have freaking speaking with the Deacon. <laughs> yeah, you could. Yeah. So Owen says, "No, that's my guest at WrestleMania. This is not a good plan." And Seth says, "What if we had a match tonight? The winner gets to host the talk show at WrestleMania." <laughs> Owens complains, "I had the idea first. Get your own idea. And they argue like children until Sonya Deville comes in and loves Seth's idea and makes the match for WrestleMania. Or, sorry, makes the match for tonight for Raw. No, this should be it should have been at WrestleMania. Well, if you win the match at WrestleMania, you get the host. That should the have been Seth's idea. How about we have a match at WrestleMania? The winner hosts the Kevin Owens show the next night. And if I lose, I've got to take your name and host the Kevin Owens show. And I got to be your name. I got to take your name for a year. That's really true. Why did these two just challenge each other to a match if either of both of them wanted to be a They did on the not show? think this two night thing out at all. That's you two nights, me that, two options. You're telling me the star power is not big enough between these two? Maybe not. Uh, yeah, I mean, I listen, it's it's a it's it's a really silly sports entertainment idea to ha- uh, that just I thought I was giving him a lot more credit cuz I thought at the end of all this we'd get the Cody payoff. <laughs> Instead of, I mean, it really was just, you know, a match to determine who's going to host a talk show at WrestleMania. It's like, it's more so on Raw than, than, than SmackDown because SmackDown, like, you have the big program that I think is working in a big way. Uh, like you, you've got Ronda and Charlotte, like you're getting progression. Raw, it feels like we've got our matches save for Seth and dude, we're just like putting in like time until we get to, to WrestleMania. Like there's, yeah. Okay, tonight's advancement was the Raw tag title match getting established. We got a segment out of that. A lot of the it's just spinning our wheels, beating people each like Logan Paul feels ineffective at like all these appearances. The best yeah. thing for Steve Austin is it looks like he will not appear on TV before Mania or else um I mean they'd be crazy not to announce that if he was coming next week or something. Right. I mean, I can't say that they haven't put effort into some of the builds. Like, I think certainly Bianca Belair versus Becky has been something that's been in the making since August. Um, like Brock versus Reigns, they put a lot of effort into. But um, the majority of the matches that are there are just filling time on these shows and filling spots on these shows. And they're just very hastily putting everything together with one-week builds. You know, like the the street profit stuff that we're about to talk about. I mean, they I feel like they kind of lucked into it with, you know, with with Rollins get, or with with Orton getting hurt and, and the profits getting the win or whatever that was supposed to be. Anyway, um, I digress. Ray and Dominic took on Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Uh, the Miz comes out with Logan Paul, as Corey Graves calls them, a tag team of two Sean's. Logan and Miz. And they mm-hmm. join commentary. Uh, I will say this for Logan Paul. Like, he, he's got, like, a great, like, heel demeanor to him. Like, he, he feels he's like got a this down. Like, so much so that it's mind-boggling that they cast this guy as a babyface. No, yeah. 
Like, yeah, totally. like this guy is just, he just screams heel and he's mm-hmm. a, him and Miz. I, I do like the chemistry that the two have uh, cultivated together. I like it too. And I love the Mysterios as um, their opponents because they are smaller than Logan Paul. Yes. Uh, Logan says Ray is very impressive, but he's short. Yeah. Great. Awesome. He's not lying. Mm-hmm. Almost baby faces Logan <laughs> Paul in this guy's mind. Uh, so anyway, we, we got a tornado DDT by Ray onto Alexander. Benjamin made the save. Alexander stopped a 619 attempt. And then a Rana sent up, Ale- sent Alexander into the ropes, knocking Shelton off the apron, double 619 to Alexander. And then Ray dives onto Shelton as Dom hits the frog splash, pinning Alexander in three minutes and 24 seconds. Miz and Paul attacked the Mysterios. And as Miz went for a skull crushing finale, Ray counters and they attack both him and Paul or sorry, they, they send Miz out of the ring and Logan is left in there with the Mysterios and Ray give them this leg kick and they go for the six one nine onto Logan Paul, but Miz rescues him and the crowd got really heated here. Like they Mm -hmm. booed and this is your spot for mania is hitting that six one nine on Logan Paul and building the whole match around that. But like the Mysterios can lose as long as they hit that six one nine. That crowd's going to go nuts. And they, they set that up really well here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought they I thought I think the program's in good shape. Again, you know, I'm I'm actually quite impressed by Logan Paul's uh, aptitude for all of this. Even in ring, his physicality doesn't look so bad at all. Of course, we know he's a professionally trained boxer boxer. So, you know, at least he, I mean, his striking is already looks better than Shane's. So, um, <laughs> low bar to clear, I know, but, um, still, you know, um, I think for a celebrity, he, uh, he's doing really well. Is he going to do a Canadian destroyer? Yeah, I think you, I don't know. I think you kind of have to reserve that. He's probably, he, I mean, he's got to do the Miz's offense, doesn't he? Maybe he'll try a 619 and he'll fail. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, they announced Queen Charmel going into the Hall of Fame and will be inducted by Booker T. So there's our answer. There will be uh, an inductor for mm-hmm. uh, Charmel on on the show. So, yeah, that Hall of Fame class, it's growing. It is, yeah. And we, we continue to wonder how long the show is. I mean, I think like an hour and a half. They could even do a two-hour show, don't you think? Two-hour broadcast. Well, remember, there's a 30-minute gap between the SmackDown and the Hall of Fame. So you're oh. you're looking at like – like four and a half hours in that building at two hmm. hour, at at two hours for the Hall of Fame. Like that's okay. I mean, some will some will sit through that. But hmm. I I can see like a lot. Of, I, I do. I, I see more so the case of like people maybe arriving late because I think the Undertaker thing is the main event to everyone. Not yeah. anything on SmackDown, no matter what they announce. Um, hmm. And maybe maybe some people. But but, be- but we're talking about WrestleMania weekend. We're talking about like fans traveling into town who, you know, otherwise may never get to see a SmackDown. So four hours, four and a half hours. Yeah, some will, some will, but it's, um, anyway, that's, it's a big building. It's just, it's a, that's a long night of, uh, I mean, I feel like we've been to hall, hall of halls of fame that were four hours in their own. I, I can also see like the, the, for, for lack of a better term, like the undercard of the Hall of Fame, like there was the year in Houston, like where like, dude, they literally had the timer up there of five minutes. And I, I could see them being very hard on the undercard times and mm-hmm. just to allow room for for Taker and he will go as long as he wants. Right. Do, do you see it being a long speech for the, for the Undertaker? Like I took yeah. it as a given that he's going to do a long speech, but I think so. I th- I mean, he's mean- never done a long speech in his life. 
Well, this is his time to get it all out there. He's got, well, like, he might you know, not want to get it all out there. Maybe he's not comfortable unless it's like on a Zoom call or something promoting his uh, reality show. Or I have a feeling he'll have lot, a lot to say. Okay, well, uh, next, Edge came out to his new music from one Alter Bridge song to another. Yeah. Moved to the other side with uh, the sting off the top. You think you know me? You never did. Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, he, he said the man seems to have a lifetime contract with, with Alter Bridge, supplying yes. all of his music from this point on. He was or, not going to alter. <laughs> he comes out. It's it's the, the lights are down. It's like the dark, ominous setting that they had last week. And he explains that he is the benchmark in WWE. He insults the audience, calling them simple. But it's not your fault, so I will grant you mercy. I am better than everyone. All of you and everyone in the industry. The edge that came back two years ago was weak, and you don't matter to me. I took my eye off the prize, and that allowed Randy Orton to tear my triceps, Seth Rollins to cost me my ch- uh, the championship, and went into my own home, and that Aquaman cosplayer, Roman Reigns, who can't lace my boots, was able to stack me and pin me at WrestleMania last year and that version of edge would have gotten beaten by aj styles but that edge is dead i won't be judged by any fans or anyone in the locker room especially not aj aj will be judged as he smiles and looks up Mm. i i think edge like his delivery is is very sound like when he is invested like he is always invested he's always invested yeah he's always always invested i would say that my critique of this is just like, <laughs> dude, this guy was like happy dad slash husband like a few weeks ago. He he won this feud with Seth Rollins. He won this feud with The Miz. It just – it feels like such a massive shift. And there wasn't like – like if this happened last year after he was embarrassed at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. like you have that reasoning for it. Like he's he's been doing fine. He's like – Super, he was like super husband last month with the Miz. Mm. And now he like, he issued a challenge. The challenge was answered and now he's gone crazy, but he's doing well as the character. So, I mean, I can't get too upset about it, but it's, it, this feels just like a very radical shift. And I do think this story, it needed something that pushed him to this. You're right. I think you're right. Yeah. I, I mean, I enjoyed the promo. I, I think he, he plays. I, I just like enjoy well he's thought a very, out. He's a great performer. I, I just enjoy like well thought out transformations. And, you know, it was, it's not like Edge is coming out like workshopping stuff. I think he's got a lot of this figured out in his head and he's been able to, I think, translate it really well into screen. Um, but I think you're right. This would have been far more effective had he come across, you know, has he, had it come after, I think, a, a real, real failure. And he hasn't necessarily had that. So, I mean, this is sort of a transformation that kind of requires you to to forget about the recent past and maybe more so just kind of focus on the things that he brought up here. You know, things like having Rollins break into his house and stealing his orange juice and uh, getting stacked by Roman Reigns. So um, it, it, it just seems maybe a bit convenient just kind of due to WrestleMania and you want Edge being a heel against AJ. Um there are far worse infractions to me, though, of like, you know, a, a lack of um, continuity than this. No, I, I think this is going to be, you know, th- this may be the standout of either night, um, mm-hmm. uh, what what these two have. And I, and I think like as well, 
like, and he kind of alluded to this. Like, I think you can, you can justify a lot of this by just ex- like really building up AJ, like AJ challenging him is pushing him to realize I have to yeah. be at my best. But the trouble is AJ has not been presented like yeah. that for the longest yeah. time. Cool. And now like, this is when like, the chickens come home to roost and it's like mm-hmm. all your your work over the last year of positioning AJ in this like middle to bottom role. You can't just snap your fingers and all of a sudden it's like here's this world this world beater, um, even mm-hmm. though you can you can get there. But it's it's a struggle when it's like you're just trying to flip a switch overnight. Yeah, it, 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 that is very true. It's almost as if like AJ has more of a reason to turn heel with the same logic that Edge used tonight because of his Enormous failures, you know, uh, losing and, and the to way Omos. Edge set this up in that promo, like facing me at WrestleMania is a huge deal. It will make you. I have mm-hmm. had all these successes, like the way he laid out that promo for the open challenge. You're right. right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, again, it, it, this kind of shows you the lack of uh, pre-planning, you know, for feuds that aren't your Becky Lynch's or Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar's. Yeah. Th- this is one where, uh, I mean, if you're. If you are a fan of the two nights, a match like this is going to benefit greatly because I, right. I see this one. Th- this could get 2025, whereas if it was one night, I like it, it would be tough to be able to command that amount of time. Schreiber is with Bianca Belair, who conveys that Becky feels her hair is an unfair advantage at WrestleMania. Belair explains it's also a disadvantage because Becky had wrapped my hair around the ropes before I took my braid and whipped her. So you live by the braid, you die by the braid. That that that's, sounds like what it is. Yeah. Veer Mahan is coming to Raw. You can hide in the dark, but it's only a matter of time before you face the oncoming storm. So, you know, in this whole Omos thing, like they've really been kind of teasing who's going to step up to Omos. Oh, please could, be Veer. Could it be Veer Mahan? Oh, that would be uh, that would be tremendous. Yes. What do you think they're setting Omos up for at Mania? Um, I think that will depend if the if the Andre Battle Royal is is happening. Like you, you have enough of the geeks that can fill a ring. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you could do. You could do, like I, I'm looking at Veer. Like you could throw him into that Battle Royal, or he's just something for post Mania. You're you're waiting to introduce him then. At this point, I think that makes more sense. You know, I, he's not going to do unless he's unless he's going to win the Andre Battle Royal. Like, uh, I, why why you know cloud him in in sort of like the why have him get lost in you know in the in the build to WrestleMania? Like, look at Alexa Bliss. They mm-hmm. got her back to TV, and what what's yep. happened? Yeah, lost. Bianca Belair versus Dewdrop, part three hundred and four. Nikki says uh, in the inset promo with Dewdrop that real heroes fight fair. They don't use weapons. And Dewdrop threatens to rip Bianca's uh, braid right out of her skull. That would suck. Someone ripped yeah. that braid out of your skull. I think it would also be really difficult. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it's not attached to her skull. Well, I mean, it could be. She's going to pull the, the skull with it. I, I don't know. Okay. Well, good luck. I don't even think it's... I mean, obviously, it's not her this real like a, hair. This is like a Mortal Kombat finish. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Uh, they, they had a fine match here. Uh, Michinoku Driver by Dewdrop. Belair fought back, hit a spine buster, lifted her for the KOD out of the corner. Um, it, it's a nice match. It's just... I, I feel like I've seen this a uh, hundred times, and we're just trying to get Bianca to WrestleMania. 
Well, unfortunately, it's a pretty thin division, and you have four women in that division being, you know, um, t- uh, taken for for the tag team title match. So, really, all you're left with is, uh, I guess, Nikki, Nikki, Dewdrop, who are a pair now, and that's really it. <laughs> so, you're gonna see this a lot more. You're gonna see Nikki versus Bianca probably yeah, a few that'll more. That'll be next week. Few more weeks. And what at least one. The, oh, then we need a contract signing, so that'll get us to the signing. final week. Yeah. You know, I will say. I mean, listen. If it's anybody going to be in the spot, I think having Bianca Belair KOD do drop like that'll get a reaction every single time. I, I I think it's it's still quite impressive after seeing it three times now. Belair celebrating when Becky returns and pulls her to the floor by the braid, throws her into the steps, and then puts her neck through the chair and pulls her by the braid into the post. So getting revenge for her voice box by going after Bianca's voice box. You you don't see people work over that body part too often. The work throat. over the voice yeah. box, yeah. yeah. And then Becky gets into Bianca's face and says, next week, the hair, bitch. Mm-hmm. So are, are we getting a, a head shaving next week? Hair versus hair match? I mean, that that's that's bigger stakes than the title. Wow. I hope they. I hope they would not try something like that on Raw. Becky needs to think think big here for for Mania. Yeah, I don't see them. I mean, naturally, you when you think of Bianca Belair and a hair versus hair stipulation, I mean that would be perfect. But I mean, I don't think Becky. There, Becky's not going to put her hair up. Maybe, maybe Nikki. You know, at some point would. Uh, I like so, the Sonya was going to do it. Remember? True. You're right. Okay. Yeah. There's a potential feud for the future, but they've decided against that for Sonya. I think. Um, I, well, I think that, that, that was when the whole like case was going on, and mm-hmm. you know she was going to be in yeah. court. Um, I, anyway. I think the feud is in, is in good shape. I I like the fact that they're targeting specific body parts in the build up to the match itself. You know, of course, first around Bianca Belair's hair, and now it's around the throat in in Becky's throat. And in that one spot, Becky pulling the hair to drive Bianca Belair's throat into the chair against the post. It put it all together really nicely, and I think they're laying some good foundation for the actual match itself with those two things. It was a good angle. I, I like this. Like it was a it was a small use of Becky on the show, but effective rather than doing some like big promo segment or something like that. On to the RK Bro celebration. The two come out. Randy notes this is going to be his 18th appearance at WrestleMania. That's a lot of WrestleMania. That's a lot, man. Yeah, how many has he actually missed? Like, because he's been, he started when? Like, he he was 03? called up in 02. He missed, he wasn't on the 03 show. Okay. He was there at uh, 2004. So was he there for every WrestleMania? He's missed, he missed the last, as I recall, the last AT&T Stadium one. He was, that was the year a bunch of guys were injured and he was one of them. Oh, wow. That's quite the record. And that's quite the recall, John, John Pollock. Good for you. Well, um, I'm always stand, I always stand to be corrected. Um, but yes, 18 appearances at WrestleMania. But this this uh, next month, he'll have been on the main roster for 20 years. It's unbelievable. And, I mean, the guy looks pretty damn good. He's, for he, and he's in tights. Years. He's in. Yeah. He's in. He's in like shorts. Mm-hmm. So he's never been a tag champion going into WrestleMania. Quite the <laughs> distinction. <laughs> he says uh, this time he's the one throwing the party, and we've got. The ring set up with popcorn and soda and chewing gum. And then the last gift he got Riddle is inside a small bag that he says he looked high and low for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A green bag. So Marbles. 
I'm almost done Kim's Convenience and I'm on the last yeah. season. So this was this aired last year and they have an episode where where the mother is getting medicinal marijuana because she has MS and the father yeah. finds out about uh marijuana being in the home and the daughter's like explaining it's like it's legal now and it just seems like this is like the weirdest it feels like this is such a like a 90s like sitcom story at this point like it's 2021 but i guess hey mar- marijuana is still going to be uh especially to like you know like i, I don't want you, uh, kim's convenience but i mean if if those asian parents are anything like my asian parents like i mean they're not up with like you know modern laws or, or whatnot like it's it's still very taboo to a certain people but the mother was the one that was going to use it right so but the dad had the issue well then he accidentally ate a pot cookie oh and he, and he got high oh yes and hilarity he just saw a cookie and uh ended up eating the pot cookie yeah that's so what was the end result what was that did you was he like oh this stuff is great uh, he, he was, she explained that she, she needs it for her MS and he was, uh, I guess, I guess he was, he was okay. Okay. With it at that point. <laughs> okay. So, that's the moral of the story. Yeah. All right. Pot's fine. But what you're trying to say is, yeah, like teasing marijuana. Yeah. I'm just, I just personally, like, I'm just, I'm just over it. Oh my God. He is, he's referring to pot, but we can't yeah. say pot. No, it's, I mean, of course it's in the real world. It's passe. But this is not the real world, John. This is Vince McMahon's world where taboo is teasing stuff inside a green bag. It's risque. Yeah. This could be on YouTube. <laughs> the Street Profits interrupt them. They bring up beating them two weeks ago and challenge them at WrestleMania. Randy Orton says, you got to do a lot more than just win a match to get a title match. I'm like, okay. Yeah, he explains, we had to win a spelling bee. You got to go through the rigors here to get a title match. So Orton is not going to be told what to do after the Street Profits make their case, but Riddle consults with him and says, we got to face someone. So reluctantly, Orton accepts at the prodding of Riddle, and Ford says, maybe next time we can give you some tips so your party isn't ass. And Riddle gets pissed because Randy spent all day planning this, this celebration, and I don't want to wait until WrestleMania. So they set up a singles match with Ford and Riddle. And Orton cuts off Dawkins so that they can end the segment with their catchphrase instead of the Street Profits catchphrase. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> petty, these people, you know. <laughs> I can't, can't go off air without my, my catchphrase. Because <laughs> we want no. We're going to end this segment with the three most devastating letters. <laughs> They should have just cut him off and gone to break. Boy, AJ's coming back next week. uh, Let me just say this about this tag team feud, okay? It is the best tag team feud heading into WrestleMania. All right? (laughs) This is ahead of the Usos against Boogs and Nakamura. Ahead of the women's tag match. You're right. Uh, you know, like, and, and again, I feel like they really lucked into it. Because I don't know if the Street Profits were supposed to have beaten RK-Bro that time. They did, and somehow they had a reason to build to this rematch. I, you know? I imagine this was the direction. I can't imagine the Street Profits were going to be frozen out. Like, this this probably was going to end up being a, a, a three-way. But, but was it supposed to get there by them beating the the, the challengers beforehand? I mean, you know? it, it ended up making sense, but that, that doesn't always mean in WWE that that is confirmation that it was the way they were going to go. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, this was great long-term planning. The Street Profits... 
They're going to challenge it. It makes a lot of sense. I also think they're doing some pretty good, like, you know, teasing for the eventual turn. Of course, it's so uncharacteristic of Randy Orton to be so happy, <laughs> to be so grateful, to, to, to like somebody else this much that I think everybody has been long, you know, for a long, long time expecting the turn. I'm certainly expecting it at WrestleMania. So, you know, they're, they're, they're having to do, I think, the, you know, the rather difficult task of, uh, again, explaining something like to make you think that it's definitely going to happen without explicitly saying that it'll happen. Do you remember like last summer mm-hmm. we were thinking like they they'll probably blow this off and do this for like SummerSlam. Yeah. And my argument at the time is that when you just put two people together and then three weeks later you do the breakup, no one cares about because there's no relationship for you to feel bad. Right. And they've gone the total opposite here. So when whenever this guy finally turns on Riddle, like it's going to really bum the, these fans out because they've seen these guys have these moments together. Like for a year, you have seen Riddle just try to like win this guy over. And he has. It feels like you've been along for this ride. It's the happiest Randy's ever looked. And you're going to think of like these these segments where it seems like Randy's just these two feel like real friends that it'll be impactful when they do the turn. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I was certainly a doubter about whether they could, you know, even keep this going to Survivor Series. Forget, you know, uh, WrestleMania. But, I mean, it's here. And I, I think you can make the argument that they, they if if the turn is happening at Mania, they would have peaked it at the perfect time. They, they managed to keep it, you know, captivating enough all the way up until this point. And that crowd will be heartbroken whenever it happens. So Riddle and Montez Ford, uh, there were suplexes by Riddle at the beginning. Um, after the break, Riddle caught Ford with a power slam a la Orton and then hit the draping DDT and called for the RKO. It's blocked and he's hit with an insiguri. Uh, then he counters a power bomb, hits the RKO to Ford. When Otis shows up attacking Randy on the floor, Gable then attacks Dawkins, running him into the post and Otis takes Riddle, rams him into the barricade as the DQ is called. And then Otis and Gable hit the, uh, discus lariat German combo onto Dawkins with an Otis bomb and moonsault, uh, delivered to Montez Ford. So Alpha Academy laid out all four and presumably this sets up our three way tag for Mania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad to see Gable and Otis, you know, get get on WrestleMania or at least presumably getting on WrestleMania. I think they've they've done good work. Then we just went to the announcers on camera and it was like they just took on like their regular tone and voices and addressed like Scott Hall passing. Corey Graves was just, you know, you could just see he was heartbroken about this and really just struggling just to get the words out. Uh, I give him a lot of credit. Like he had to, you know, go from announcer mode to serious mode and then right back instantly because they went right to the Kevin Owens entrance after the uh, the video package. But um, they aired the video package on Scott Hall and just went through, you know, the, the prominent chapters of his career from the WWF in 92 to WCW. Uh two times going into the hall of fame. It totally escaped me about like the, mm-hmm. the NWO induction uh, last year and then working as well at the WWE performance center. Yeah. You know, uh, had a short amount of time, but I think it probably did the best that, you know, um, they, they could have uh, under the circumstances as always, you know, I think the WWE does a very good job with these videos. And then Kevin Patrick interviewed Rollins who said he was lost, but now he's found 
and WrestleMania needs Seth Rollins. So that was our final match on the show. Owens and Rollins. Uh, Owens took a back body drop on the edge of the apron. Uh, Rollins hit multiple suicide dives throughout this uh, match. And several of them, it looked like his his feet were getting like caught on the ropes, but you know, not to to any serious degree. Owens landed the cannonball for a two count. Pop up gets avoided, and then Rollins hit this beautiful looking springboard knee. Uh, Owens broke the count uh, on the floor after being hit by the latest uh, suicide dive, and rolls into the ring, breaking the count right into a super kick. Hit by the frog splash as Rollins points to the WrestleMania sign. Owens kicks out. He hits a fisherman buster off the turnbuckle, and then Owens lands on the knees while trying to execute a swanton. The stunner is countered. The ref is delayed with the count, and then Rollins is protesting, misses a stomp, and eats the stunner as Kevin Owens gets the win, and we go off the air with the idea that Seth Rollins will be watching WrestleMania from home. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of people watching up until the end waiting for a Cody appearance um, probably left this match a bit disappointed. We'll see what happens after this. Um, the match itself was very good, as you would expect from these two. Um, but yeah, I can't help but, you know, kind of be, be a bit unsatisfied without the Cody stuff. But again, that's that's all. It's, 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 it's the audience really building it up. For, for the most part, yeah. Um yeah, you. What was the line that they used going into the break about Seth Rollins? This could turn into a nightmare. So I get that. I guess that was a hmm. one like loose line that that was thrown out if you were uh, listening closely. But there you go. That was raw. Um, I, I enjoyed the main event. Um, you know, it was nothing on the show that I, I would say was like a uh, terrible. Um, it's just like it, it's a show that I, I feel like it has like the lesser programs going for it uh, into Mania and the biggest program they have. Uh, it's one half is not on TV and Steve Austin. So you right. have, you know, battling talk show host candidates. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, like it, it, it doesn't feel like it's, it's focused on the biggest programs besides Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. Um, but yeah, the star power is certainly more on the SmackDown side of things right now. So we have two more episodes of raw before the show next week. I don't even know where they are next week. Uh, location wise, as I look here, they are in, Oh, Chicago next week and then Pittsburgh in two weeks. And then we're, and then we arrive at WrestleMania. So six more hours of raw. Okay. Sure. Raw is at least a show that like you can relax <laughs> when you're watching it and I can skip so much of it because so much of it is video packages or entrances or just, you know, straight up commercial breaks because you know, they're diving to the floor and the next three minutes you can, you can pass by. So I, I I've come to appreciate it a little, John, because I can breathe. It, when, it's when a I'm way watching. more relaxing watch. I'm not sweating by the end of it. Yeah. And this is only as a reviewer. Okay. Like the, it's nothing about, you know, watching it as, as a viewer itself. So anyway, on to our feedback from forum.postwrestling.com. We start off with Stank. Happy birthday, Way. As someone who never watches WWE, I had it on tonight just to see if Cody actually came out or was teased throughout the show, and somehow he wasn't, and we have another top guy on the card without anything to do at Mania. The segment with Rollins and Owens arguing over hosting a show with Stone Cold was so cringe. Why would anyone want Seth to host it with absolutely no story or angle behind it? Yet the crowd somehow cheered this like it was a better option. Later in the night, I texted a friend that they're giving the main event 30 plus minutes as Owens came out. 15 minutes later, the bell finally rang. No Cody, no sympathy for Seth not going to Mania, and no shot I ever want to share the same room who defends this damn company. They stink. Thanks, oh guys. God. Three out of ten is the best I could give to this. 
Jeez, wow. Review a stank coming through with a, a lot of fire tonight. We got a Chris Thunder from Down Under who says, Happy birthday. Thank you very much, Chris. Honestly, I don't really have a lot to say about Raw itself other than the road to WrestleMania feels more missed than hit this year. I was shocked to see the Scott Hall news. I watched him for around 10 years as a kid and still say, hey, yo, all the time. His career is legendary from his WWF Intercontinental Championship run in the early 90s to then his time in WCW as a founder of the NWO. I also recently watched the New Japan match of Scott Hall versus a young Hiroshi Tanahashi mm-hmm. in what is a hidden gem of his career. Thankful to DDP for giving people like Hall and Roberts a second chance at life. Rest in peace to the bad guy. Yeah, there, there's like a number of uh, like interesting pairings just from that that New Japan run in 2001. Like Tanahashi was just around like two years into his career uh, when when that match happened with, with Scott Hall, but uh, like it. His his last match of that run, like he's he's working Mudo for the Triple Crown. That's wow, that's crazy, yeah. and it's crazy that Mudo is still um, <laughs> having championship matches now. Yes, uh, on to uh, Kate from Montreal. The Scott Hall video package was definitely the highlight of the night for me. Impressive that they managed to put something that good together on such short notice, but it's really sad that they had to rest in peace. No Cody, although I'm still thinking that he's Seth's likely opponent for Mania, unless they're planning on surprising us with Veer. Not a great sign, though, when the main talking point of your show is the guy who didn't show up. Mm-hmm. I really hope this is the last time they run back Bianca and Dewdrop, at least for a while. The two have decent chemistry, but Dewdrop is now 0-5 over three months in singles matches. Stop. Stop. She's already dead. Happy birthday, Way, and thanks to both of you for all you do. Well, thank you, Kate. Yeah, thanks, Kate. But um, I have a feeling you're going to see that Dewdrop match at least once more because there's just no other people on the roster right now. Well, they got Nikki Ash. You did bring up a good point there. They could get they could get around it one week. Two weeks of Nikki Ash. Well, you, you know what? Ne- next week with the with the throat thing, she probably shouldn't be wrestling next week. Like they should do Oh, you're right. Yeah. Some kind of a segment with with those two. Um, yeah. that you don't really re- require a match, but sometimes on a 3-hour show with this roster, um you you got to put people and, in matches for a segment or two. And they rarely if ever do the jobber thing. You know, just have like Bel Air come out and just be be the no name. Um, but Speaking I mean that which what happened to our 24 seven advancement? That was like the most consistent story on raw. What happened tonight? That's a very good point. You're right. Yeah. Who's in love with whom this week? Who's kissing whom? Totally missed out. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe they were all watching the bachelor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what couples do. Could be. Yes. All right. Well, thank you everybody for your feedback and, uh, joining us. It is, uh, your birthday's now over way. Yeah, it is. Both of our birthdays are now, are now over. We are one year older onto the, the, a brand new year, John, you yes. know, a combined what? age of Vince McMahon, you and I. Ooh. Okay. Uh, quick math. What, what is that? 66? 76. 76. Damn. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, damn. That sounds really old. Uh, what are you looking forward to the most next year? Oh, okay. I thought you meant when we get off uh, this podcast. I was going to read my book, I think. Um, uh, this year? Reading your book. Lo- That's a great one. I'm reading uh, – yeah, I'm reading a boxing book. Um, this year, I am looking forward to hopefully traveling somewhere outside Ooh, of okay. – uh, at least out of Toronto, maybe out of Ontario. We will see. With the whole family or uh, just uh, you? Possibly, yeah. Wow. I, I, I'm going somewhere in the summer, like uh, within within the province uh, with right. my family. It'll be our first kind of a uh, trip. But you're talking about something, some a place you have to get on a plane for. I, I I would like to get on a plane this year. I would like to go somewhere. I would certainly like to go to a wrestling show at, at some point. Um, would you combine that with a family trip? 
Uh, probably not. I don't think I'd combine a work and family thing. Okay, so you mean just like, like a like a work trip? You would like that, or or a I'll take trip, either. So. I'll, I'll take either. I would I would like to go yeah. somewhere, whether it be work or or personal. That's a that's a great little goal. Um, well, I'll be doing that. <laughs> I'm going to L.A. and in San Diego in about a month's time. So, yeah. uh, imagine if I just popped up in like the plane seat behind you. That would be weird. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you'd probably punch me. Okay, well, that's going to uh, wrap up the show. Uh, thanks, as always, to Waiting for uh, joining me. And uh, all of you for joining us live. News updates tomorrow, 1 o'clock. Ask away at 2 o'clock if you're a double-double ice cap and espresso patron. And, of course, that show is available to all of our patrons at Post Wrestling Cafe right afterwards. That's right. Uh, so join us on uh, Tuesday. Uh, for, for double the fun, if you are double-double or above. Uh, so we'll be live 1 Eastern. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, rest in peace to Scott Hall. And that's going to wrap up Rewind to Raw. <laughs> yeah, we don't have an outro for this one. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>